transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. It has been foggy, foggy. And we're back at it again this morning. So just be ready for that when you step outside. The fog will burn off a little bit later on. We'll have sun and clouds later and right back up to summertime highs of 81, 86, 86. And a cold front later on the week. Good morning, San Antonio. Trey Ware here on KTSA. It is 506-210-599-5555. I voted on Friday. I want to tell you about my voting experience because it was a great one and uh, got it done. Voted for the uh, various uh, amendments, the various propositions. And, in fact, in one hour, we're going to be talking about proposition number one. But uh, voted uh, on Friday, and it was a, a great experience. So I'll tell you about that a little bit later on. Uh, over the weekend, I, you know, most of us check out from the news. I continue to watch and stay on top of it and see what's going on because, you know, some news is made on the weekends. The world doesn't shut down. And uh, this weekend it was all about, you know, pro-Hamas murderers and uh, people marching all over the world, including right here in the United States, good old U.S. of A., in support of the pro-Hamas murderers. Um, in fact, to the point where... They went to Washington, D.C. by the tens of thousands. The streets in D.C. were flooded with pro-Hamas terrorist murderer supporters and those who basically are modern-day Nazis who want the elimination of Jews from planet Earth uh, marching together in Washington, D.C. in mass uh, over the weekend and then going to the White House and climbing the gates and the fence at the White House and shaking the gates, trying to tear the gates down, saying, blank Joe Biden, blank Israel, blank the Jews, kill the Jews. <laughs> Joe Biden, of course, was not there because he jets out on Fridays. Uh, every Friday we get to pay. We have the, the, the esteemed uh, you know, honor uh, of paying for the luxurious lifestyle of Joe and Jill, who jetted back to Rehoboth Beach. For the weekend, as he does every single weekend, he has been out of D.C. more than any president in the history of the United States because he's not the president. The actual president spoke up over the weekend. That's Barack Hussein Obama. And Barack Hussein said, hey, here's the deal, y'all. There's a moral equivalency between Israel and the Hamas terrorists. He totally whitewashed the whole October 7th thing. And he said, we're all to blame. You're guilty that uh, Hamas killed a bunch of people in Israel and that these people are marching in the streets shouting, kill the Jews. I'm guilty. We're all guilty. We all did it. We're the ones who are responsible and, man, the people at the confab he was speaking at, they were cheering him. Yeah! yeah. Because, what, he's a radical Muslim. Always has been. Barack does not like Israel. Barack is cool with the uh, destruction of Israel. And he's done all he can do right now, with the exception of launching a nuke, 
He's done all he can do with his words to over the years during his first two terms and now during his third term to get rid of Israel. And uh, and I mean to the point where he even sat, sent uh, political operatives into Israel when he was president trying to overthrow their elections. So <laughs> organizing for America, remember that group? Anyway, uh, so the, the real president actually spoke over the weekend. And uh, it, it was a pretty interesting weekend for the guy that we call president, who is not really the president. It's a pretty interesting weekend for him because – once again, more polling has come out, and more polling is showing that he is way, way down. I'm talking about Joe Biden. And now the Democrats are starting to say the quiet part out loud. In fact, let's go to cut number three, where George Snuffleupagus on his show had uh, Rick Klein on, who's the ABC political guy, and they were talking about the recent polling concerning uh, Joe Biden. George, voters are just plain frustrated across the board. 76% of adults in this poll say the country is headed in the wrong direction. Only 23%, less than a quarter of the country, say that we're headed on the right track. And the issues that are animating voters' frustration, it's almost unspeakably vast and broad. Economy, 74% of Americans say it's very important to them personally. 69% say the same about inflation. Those are issues in our poll that tend to favor Republicans. Voters say they trust Republicans more than Democrats on those issues. So what are they going to do? Cut number one, Jimmy. What are they going to do? How are they going to handle this? Who are they going to turn to? Oh, no. If Joe can't run next year, who's it going to be? This is probably going to lead to a lot of Democrats increasing the chatter that Joe Biden should step aside and, and, and make room for another Democrat. And I think the problem that Democrats have is they don't know who that Democrat would be right now. I don't think that uh, people look at Kamala Harris and feel like she is ready to take that step forward. They look across the rest of the party, governors, senators, mayors, House members, and they're struggling to figure out who they could put up if it's not Joe Biden. And so I think the reality is Democrats are probably going to run Joe Biden. Uh, that That is probably the reality, especially when you consider that Barack Hussein Obama came out in favor of Joe Biden yesterday afternoon after all this talk of the weekend of it's time for Joe to step aside, time for Joe to do something else. Uh, New York Times, Siena College poll, far left, New York Times, of the 2024 battleground states showing Trump He's got a whole commanding lead over Biden in poll after poll with this downward spiral of the multiracial and multi-generational coalition that elected Biden in 2020. That coalition is coming apart. Trump's leads uh, in five of the six most important battleground states, all of which Joe Biden won in 2020. Biden continues to suffer from serious doubts about everything in this poll, from his age to his mishandling of the economy to the border crisis, to the Israel-Hamas war, to the failures with Ukraine and Russia, and so on. The questions, there. Joe is underwater in every single one of them. Discontent throughout the time, Siena poll. Majority of voters saying that Biden's policies have personally hurt them. Okay, that's rubber meeting road stuff right there that I've talked about all the time, right? When, you know, philosophically, a Democrat can say, I like the principles that he stands for, such as pro-abortion and all, you know, you can say that. But then when you sit down and you're trying to square up the checkbook and it won't square up, you're, you're going in a hole every, every month you're going in the hole deeper and deeper. 
Well, then it starts to affect you, and it's starting to show up in these polls now where the majority of voters saying that Biden's policies have personally hurt them. The extent to which the multiracial and multigenerational coalition that elected Biden is fraying is coming apart at the seams. Voters under 30. Voters under 30 favor Biden only single digits. Women still favor him. We're talking about white suburban liberal women. Trump leads by 10 points in Nevada. So let me go through this, okay? In Nevada, Trump is up over Biden by 11. In Arizona, he's up by 5. Pennsylvania, Trump is up by 4. Georgia, Trump is up by 6. Michigan, Trump is up by 5. And in Wisconsin, Hunter's dad is up by 2. So you see, it's becoming abundantly clear why they're trying to get rid of Donald Trump. Trying to lock him up. Got a thousand year sentence awaiting him if they convict him on all this stuff. You got guys like Christie and Asia Hutchinson who appeared at this thing on on the weekend down in Florida. It was supposed to be a conservative thing. They were booed off the stage. Both of them said Donald Trump will not be an option next year because he's going to be in jail. That is the dream of the rhinos and the left in this country to lock him up so he will not be on the ballot. But by the way, just a technical side, you could still be on the ballot while you're in jail. But the point is, the rhinos and the left-wingers, they're trying to lock up Donald Trump because he's beating the Democrats at every turn. And they've got a real problem, and they're starting to admit they've got a real problem. they got a guy who can't win in Joe Biden. So what do they do? Well, it's got to be Kamala, because there is no way they can replace Kamala with Gavin Newsom, a white dude. There is no way they can do that because you live and die by identity politics once you decide that you're going to play by identity politics. So they either have to have Kamala, who is even a worse politician than Joe Biden, or you got to bring in somebody like a Michelle. And I've said that since the beginning, that people have been whispering that to me, that the Democrats have been trying to make that uh, palatable and make that work at every turn. That's the only way that you're going to be able to bring it, helicopter somebody in who is uh, not going to throw the Democrat Party in complete disarray because you have a half-black woman as the vice president, and you've got to bring in somebody who's just like that because they play identity politics. So they've got a very interesting part ahead of them. Let's go to cut number two, Jimmy, before the break. One more on the polling and what's been going on lately here with Joe Biden. The number of Americans who think that things are going badly in the country today has hit its high for the year. So you might expect any incumbent to be down as Biden is. But then look at these positive views of what people think will happen for them financially if Donald Trump wins. Way more voters think they'd be better off. And Biden, for his part, hasn't fully convinced as many Democrats that he'd help them as the middle class still reels from inflation. 210-599-5555. Trey Ware, KTSA. What I know about courage, I learned. ATSA. Yeah. 210-599-5555. It's November 6th. On this day in 1984, Ronald Reagan soared to the largest win in the history of the presidency for re-election by defeating Walter Mondale and Jardine, Jardine Ferrara by, um, well, he won 49 states. The only state that Mondale won was his home state of Minnesota. And look at Minnesota now. Man, wow. 
Anyway, uh, he had a Reagan had the highest uh, approval rating of any president in the last 40 years at 58 percent. Compare that to the modern dude who's right around 30, 27 to 30 percent. It's no wonder the Democrats are starting to jump ship on this guy. But uh, I remember that night. I remember when that happened like it was yesterday. Um, you know, it was pretty interesting, uh, you know, primary season and debate season and all that right. between the two of them, right? Yeah. And it, that that was where Reagan came up with that very popular line, I'm not going to exploit my opponent's youth and inexperience, right, yeah. when they asked him about his age, right? which was just awesome. You know, he had the best lines. And, uh, and I just remember that whole season. I was really plugged into politics and was really focused in on it as a kid. I'd just gotten out of high school. It was my thing, man. And uh, sure enough, I sat there with my dad watching the returns on that and watching state by state. <laughs> yeah, it, by was st- an early, it was an early night. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you have to have uh, 270 electoral votes to become president. And I think before the night was over with, he had like 550 or 540 electoral yeah. votes. Yeah, like, was... <laughs> not even close. But that, you know, and that was the first presidential election that I really paid close attention to. Is that right? To. Yeah, I was 16. I mean, we're close in age. Yeah, I was 16 and just starting to, you know, get a grip on the, you know, a, a worldview of how things worked and what you. And I just remember thinking the entire season that, there was so much time spent on the fact that a, a a woman was running for vice president that a lot of the issues got lost. Oh yeah, and and I think it was one of my teachers. And it, teachers didn't share their political views with you as much back then. But I think one of them pointed that out to me and said, you know, Mondale really doesn't stand a chance because they're not paying attention to what his what his platforms are and what he stands where he stands on certain issues. It's like, oh, look at the novelty of this, you know. And it, it was really, unfortunate in a way. That's a good point because that it really was the beginning of identity politics. Yeah, you know, because look, we're the first party to have a female in the you know running for the for the White House, so on and so forth. Right. And so it it really was one of those deals where, you know, that's what we were dealing with was the fir- the beginnings of identity politics. Although Reagan's policies were fantastic for this country. They were awesome. The things that he was talking about, the things that he was doing, restoring American greatness. Remember, we had come off the Jimmy Carter years, mm-hmm. and things were horrible during the Jimmy Carter years, just awful. And we had the long lines for gasoline, and we had the high interest rates. I mean, things kind of like they are today. Yeah. <laughs> and along comes Ronald Reagan in 1980, and he says, I'm going to fix all that, and I'm going to do it right away. And by the time his first term was over, we he had turned this country around. His policies had turned this country around, had it headed in the right direction. Yeah, it took a couple of years. Yeah, of you course know, he, had was, some, yeah. you know, he stumbled a little bit till about 82 or 83, and then things started to take hold, and, and you know, things were going gangbusters at that point. Yeah, so. and people remember, and people were yeah. thinking about that, you know, kind of like today. It came down to the breakfast table and yeah. how are we doing and uh people were doing great under ronald reagan at that time yeah that was the uh, it's morning in america year that's it yeah. that's how it all started right um i had and fred i'm going to come to your call in just a second i had a really great experience on friday voting i just i had to, in fact i had to post it it was so good uh walked in it was a piece of cake took out my driver's license here i am Lady uh, took my driver's license info. I signed the sheet, you know, and hit okay. And uh, she said, by the way, I listen to you every day. Love you. I said, I love you too. Thank you. And I walked over to the other lady who gives you the little the little uh, code to type in the machine and uh, went over and typed it in. And we just, I did the amendments real quick or the propositions real quick. It didn't take long. It took me, I think I was in the entire place two and a half minutes. 
And then on the way out, the woman who handed me the sticker said, you keep up the great work, we love you, and out the door I went. And, again, I think I was – if I was in that building five minutes, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. I went right in, voted, and got right back out, and no problem at all. Excellent. And every time I do that, Don, Jimmy, Elaine, every time I do that, it makes me think and be very humbled about we have that opportunity here. Mm-hmm. So many other countries don't. And and the and the ones that do, you, usually it's rigged, and we're headed that way here. But I mean, I felt like, yeah, okay, great. I had a say so in what happens. Mm. It was great. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, I'll probably do that tomorrow. Tomorrow's the day. Yeah. Tomorrow is the day. So we're going to talk about that at six oh eight. We'll talk about one of the propositions coming up. Hey, Fred, you're on KTSa. Good morning to you, Fred. Yes, sir. Good morning. I was just going to comment on what you're saying. You know, I'm uh, seventy something. And uh, anyhow, but make a long story short, during the uh, Lyndon Johnson era, the crooked as a snake, uh, ran ran for president. Poor old uh, Goldwater got beat. It was a total landslide, just like Reagan. My dad did not vote until Ronald Reagan ran again. He did not vote ever again until Reagan came back, and he voted for Reagan. And that just shows just what is going on now. You know, and we, we were naive back in 60-something, you know. They don't got the Vietnam War and all the other good stuff come along with Johnson like Biden. Well, yeah, well, and every once in a while, you know, I guess every decade or so, you got to have one of those guys show up. You're right about the corruption of LBJ. You're right about him being a racist because <laughs> he was. You're right about the, the terrible things he did to this country, like the war on poverty, which created more poverty. Wouldn't have the poverty we have today had he not handed out all the welfare stuff, started the welfare state the way he did. He didn't start it, but he kicked it into high gear, and we wouldn't have those problems. And then, uh, you know, 10 years later, you got Jimmy Cotta who comes in and destroys half the United States. So Joe Biden is, is even worse than Jimmy Cotta at this point, and it's no wonder that on their television shows yesterday, keep in mind, all those shows that I played the sound from this half hour were Democrat-controlled left-wing talk shows on television from ABC and the other networks. So, I mean, they're clearly in a panic mode over Joe Biden right now. 210-599-5555. Trey Ware, KTSA. Hey, it's Sean. As I tell you every day. And FM 1071. Thank you so much. 535 now, KTSA. At 210-599-5555. You're so welcome for the extra hour of sleep on Saturday night, Sunday morning. I'm glad I could arrange that for you. And if you're nice to me, maybe I'll arrange some more like that where we can just keep. I think we just, you know what, if we did it every weekend, in a mere few weekends, we'll be right back to the beginning of the clock, and we'll just start all over again and do it all over again. A a free extra hour of sleep every weekend now. So in reality, it's 635. That's what it is right now, in reality. Now, the clock says 535, but it's wrong. Your body is telling you it's 635 right now. 210-599-5555. So they had this thing down in Florida over the weekend where several uh, Florida state legislators came out and supported Donald Trump. The others were there, too. Chris Christie booed off the stage. Asa Hutchinson booed off the stage. Right, Ron DeSantis, eh, you know, because he's Florida, so they're not going to boo him too bad. But Donald Trump, it was a scream fest for him. The Democrats, they they really did what to the pooch. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, 
with all these indictments and all this we got to get Trump and all this disappear Donald Trump and all this, get, you know, make sure he's not going to be around to run next year, all the stuff that Democrats are doing. Boy, you talk about a backlash. You talk about something that has, well, boomerang right back on him. And the polling numbers are showing now in those battleground states that were all won and owned by Biden, well, allegedly owned (laughs) by Biden back in 2020. Trump is leading in every single one of them. And the lead issue is the economy. People know that they were in better shape when Donald Trump was the president of the United States. So they also realized there were two main issues, the economy and the border. They also realized that when Donald Trump was the president, the border was under control. Now, we didn't have all these people coming in, and you can see it now. It doesn't matter what you, what stupid little letter you put behind your name, whether it's an R, D, I, whatever. Whatever that little letter is you put behind your name, it doesn't matter. You drive down the streets, and you see the zombies walking around. And you see the people sleeping in their tents, you know, on the side of the road. And you see the trash. And you see the third world that this administration has brought into the United States. And then we have all these uh, pro-Palestinian, which is the same as pro-Hamas, pro-terrorist marches that are going on with all these people that came from those countries. And we didn't have to guess in this. When we started to bring them in here, the heavy Muslim population from those countries, when we started to bring them in here, I said at the time, you better look at Europe, you better look at the UK, you better pay attention to what's happening to them because they have already flooded in there and they are, well, okay, France is a prime example, okay? You've had the Charlie Hebdo murders and and terrorist attacks and you've also had France burning and all this stuff that's gone on from all the, the influx of these people from these countries that have come into to, to France and to the U.K. and so on, and, and they're here. And we were saying at the time, close it up, don't let them come in, do, don't do this. And now you've got a mess in the streets of America and them scaling the fences at, uh, at the White House, trying to get to the White House and so on and so forth. So Donald Trump, at this thing on for, uh, in Florida on, on the weekend, says, if you hate America, if you want to abolish Israel, if you sympathize with jihadists, then you don't want your country to do well. You don't want your country to be successful. You're just not going to get in. You're not getting in. You're not coming into our country. And then he proposed ideological screening for immigrants, and this is going to trigger a lot of you guys on the left. I, I'll hear from you. I know. You'll be screaming. He said, on day one, I will restore the Trump travel on uh, entering people from having people that uh, like to blow up our shopping centers and kill our people and do lots of bad things. Entry from plagued countries. We will not allow people to come in and will implement, implement strong ideological screening for all immigrants. We should only admit into this country those who share our values and respect our people. And no refugees from Gaza will be brought here if I'm president. So what do you think about that? 210-599-5555. When you look at what's happened at the border and you hear 
the FBI director last week because I played the sound over and over again of him saying, yeah, well, we have a huge problem now, and we expect uh, that we are more vulnerable today for a terrorist attack than we have been since 9-11 and so on. And we know that we have welcomed people in here that are on the terrorist watch list. We have welcomed people, or Joe Biden has welcomed people in here in the last three years that have been a part of those countries that are on the terror watch list that export terrorism around the world. And the only person who is talking about dealing with that issue is Donald Trump. Have you noticed that... Uh, Joe Biden did not say one thing about sealing up the border, about closing the border, about doing a better job of who we let into this country. He didn't say a thing about that in the wake of what the the FBI director uh, said last week. The only person who has said anything about this has been Donald Trump. He has been consistent on this since 1995. I watched an interview with him and Roger Ailes, and if you've got a little time to kill, you might want to watch this interview. A much younger, more dashing Donald Trump from 1995. Roger Ailes was the guy who built Fox News into the powerhouse that it is, and Roger Ailes interviewed Donald Trump in 1995. In fact, one of the questions that Ailes asked Donald Trump during that interview was, when I'm with you and we're walking down streets... It's the hard hat crowd that's waving at you and whistling saying, hey, Trump, we love you. Hey, Trump, we love you. Why is that? Why why don't the rich people like you and why do the blue collar folks like you? And he said, I don't know. He said, I have no idea. It's always been one of those things where I've connected well. I just speak plainly. I, I speak their language because I just tell it as tell it like it is. And the rich guys don't like me. They don't want any part of me. It's the blue-collar, hard-hat crowd that, you know, seems to respond very well to me. And then Roger Ailes talked a lot about how Donald Trump did a lot of great things for people and never once asked for any accolades or any attention or anything that he treated people very, very well. Well, that's why he doesn't fit in the Washington crowd. That's exactly why. And why they're fighting so hard, why the sewer, not the swamp, it's a sewer, is fighting so hard to keep him out. Meanwhile, real sewer creatures like the Bidens might get some come up and soon if uh, House Oversight Chair James Comer has his way. I'll talk to you about that and some AI news this morning. That's coming up as well. Trey Ware, KTSA. America's Diamond offers our five-year, 60-month. Always open at 210-599-5555. You can call, you can text, or you can send me an email, Trey at KTSA.com. By the way, um, since I'm handing out some numbers, let me give you one for my voicemail here at the station. So you can send me a Pledge of Allegiance so we can play you at 550 and 650 on the station as well. Uh, our pledge line is 210-654-5155. 210-654-5155. You can just leave the voicemail there with the Pledge of Allegiance on it. Appreciate that very much. 210-654-5155. So the House Oversight Committee Chairman, that's James Comer, has said, get ready because we're going to start throwing subpoenas at the crackhead kid and at El Presidente. He was on with Maria Bartiromo uh, yesterday and a couple of others, and he's talking about how they have been stopped at every turn. They have been hindered by this government at every turn in their investigation into the Biden crime family. 
Every time they turn around, the FBI is standing in the way. The Department of Justice and Merrick Garland has been a wonderful gatekeeper for Joe and has been blocking any sort of investigation into these matters. They have been slow walking. The National Archives have been slow walking the emails that Joe uh, had racked up under uh, you know thousands of aliases uh, on his son's email accounts. And why would he? You know, uh, if he didn't know anything about his son's business, and if he if he you know, let's, let's turn this deal the, the Democrat line around, if he didn't have anything to hide, then why would Joe be on Hunter's email? sending emails, and we're talking about tens of thousands, not just a handful, tens of thousands of emails that Joe sent on Hunter's email from the White House when he was vice president using an alias. <laughs> Sounds to me like you've got something to hide. <laughs> like you, you don't want people to know that that's you, and you're doing something that you don't want people to find out what it is you're doing, Okay. And so uh, it, this is going to boil down to these subpoenas going to boil down to all this money that the Bidens have been running around and siphoning off and running into Joe's pockets. Just a couple of weeks ago, we told you about the $200,000 payment that Joe's brother made to him for a, re, a loan repayment, right? $200,000. And so that raised some eyebrows. That was back in 2017. And then in 2017, Joe's sister sent him a $40,000 check, and it just turned out to be 10%, remember 10% for the big guy, 10% of the 400000 that Hunter had received from China. China gave Hunter $5 million, and his commission was $400,000. Uh, 10% of 400000 is 40000 right? So they wrote a check to Joe Biden. It's a loan repayment for 40000 right? Um, this is where it's going to get interesting. If you're writing checks for 200000 and 40000 first of all, the bank is going to ask questions. So there's suspicious activity reports all over the world because they have to do that. They, the bank has no option. The bank has to file an SAR. When there's a $200,000 check that's written or a $40,000 check that's written, the bank wants to know what's going on. So the other thing, the other side of this, too, is that, okay, so where if this was a loan, and that's what they put down in the memo, loan repayment, where's the initial loan? Where's the initial 200000 it went to James? Where's the initial 40000 it went to Joe's sister? Where is that? And what was that money used for? And were taxes paid on any of this money as it was flying around in the Biden family? And those are the questions that are that are facing the House and why they're going to subpoena the crackhead kid and, and subpoena Joe, because they want to know, uh, w- you know, what was this money for? Where did this money go? If you borrowed uh, $200,000 from your brother and your brother wrote you a check for $200,000, well, you you know, the IRS is pretty much interested in all of that. The IRS wants to know how you got away with that and what you used that money for. What was that money spent on, James? And so this is why they're going to be uh, subpoenaed in the next coming days uh, to have to come forward and bring that information. Um, they're dirty as the day is long. That is clear. That's abundantly clear to everybody except the Democrats who have to carry this water for now. But as I showed you in the last half hour, yesterday they spent a long time on all of their shows yesterday trying to figure out who they're going to run in Joe's place. 
because now even Democrats are starting to say the quiet stuff out loud. It's time for Joe to step aside. And you'll hear more of those that sound in the uh, in the next half hour as well. Elon Musk said last week artificial intelligence will eventually become so advanced that it will eliminate the need for humans to work. I think we're seeing the most disruptive force in history here. He's right again. We will have for the first time something that is smarter than the smartest human. He's right again. It's hard to say exactly what that moment is, but there will come a point where no job is needed because AI is going to do it all. You can have a job if you want to have a job, sort of a personal satisfaction thing, but AI will be doing everything. He co-founded OpenAI, by the way. Elon Musk did. And over the weekend, he released some new AI uh, material through X, and that update on X is is wonderful. I'm enjoying uh, X now, uh, Twitter, uh, X more than I ever have. It's it's working out really well. But stay on the AI thing for just a minute. Um, they've got a a company by the name of Hansen Robotics, teamed up with a Polish rum company called Dick Tator. Tator, D I C T A D O R, as in dictator, but D O R, dictator, and it's a rum company. They are the first one on planet Earth who now has an AI human-like robot as their CEO. Hansen Robotics CEO David Hansen teamed up with this Polish rum company, and he said the importance of humanizing artificial intelligence cannot be overstated. He said, I feel very strongly that we need to teach AI to care about people, for AI to be really safe, to be really, really good. AI has got to learn to care about people. Well, that's the number one issue and the reddest flag I see, uh, you know, about AI. I think AI is going to do incredible stuff in the in the field of medicine, and then we're going to have to get into uh, medicine ethics, uh, medical ethics about whether or not somebody should actually live to be 150 or 200 years old, because those are the kinds of things that are going to start to happen with AI. You're going to start to see some incredible advancements. You're also going to see big pharma try to stop it at every turn because if there's a cure for cancer a lot of big pharma goes out of business that's why you're not getting a cure for disease anymore what you're getting they're not curing diseases anymore They, they did that with polio and they learned their lesson then they've been out billions of dollars because they cured polio so now they just manage diseases and manage the symptoms of these diseases Well, AI will actually be able to dig and research far enough to cure a number of diseases, and I believe cancer is one of them. But think about all the jobs and all the money that are relying uh, on, on the fact that people go through chemo and various treatments. And so when you're thinking about this, I think that you, the biggest thing that AI is going to face, the biggest opposition is going to come from big pharma and big business like that that does not want AI to completely control everything. So Mika is their robot CEO, and Mika is in charge of this Polish rum company, and Mika is making all the decisions for this Polish rum company. So for those who think that it's not real, that it's not going to happen, that it's not something to be concerned about, well, you're wrong. (laughs) It is real. It is something that is going to be amazing for humankind. 
but it's also going to have a ton of challenges that are going to come with it. And this guy who developed this Mika, this human robot that's now the CEO of this rum company, he's right. You're going to have to figure out how to teach AI empathy and sympathy for human beings or else AI just going to do it in. <laughs> it's going to be something you're never you, – you, it's going to be like, okay, we're done. We don't need humans anymore. And I know I, 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 sometimes I sound like a, a bit of an Elon Musk fanboy because I just think that he's doing some really cool stuff. But he's right, too. <laughs> he's absolutely right. That day is coming. Jim, you're on KTSA quickly. Go right ahead, sir. Morning, Trey. Love your show. Agree with you about 99% of the time, but I don't agree with you on AI. Okay. Well, be specific. Yeah. Hey. It reminds me of Y2K. I don't know if you remember. I'm sure you do. 1999, yeah. everybody was breathless about Y2K and how, sure. how we were going to fall off the edge of the earth. And sure. It was just, uh, you know, it was, all, it was hysteria like uh, yeah. COVID hysteria. And, and what happened? Really not much at all. And I, and I think this AI thing is a big Y2K or COVID all over again. It's just. It's so so what, what, what don't you agree with me specifically on, Jim? Real quick, hurry. I, I, I don't think they will take away every job. How, how are they going to get under my car and repair my transmission? How are they going to get in the floor of my house and okay. put my floor down? There's going to be plenty of jobs uh, that need to be done that AI can't do. There will probably be a lot that AI can do, yeah. but I don't think they're going to get rid of all of them. Well, your, your, argument you know is, your argument is with Elon because Elon's the one who said it, but I do agree with him that a lot of jobs, the vast majority of the stuff you see, including your flooring, including painting your house, is going to be replaced by AI. Got to go. Back in a minute. Trey Ware, KTSA. Hey, Don Morgan here. Want to talk to you a little bit about the hot summer months we've just experienced and the damage that it may have done to your roof. Walton Roofing is standing by waiting for your phone call to come over and do a free roof inspection. Now, the intense summer heat, your roof has taken a pounding. And now we're starting to see some rain in the forecast. You don't want to be in a situation where you're in the middle of dinner with your family and rain starts coming through your ceiling. Walton Roofing is standing by, 210-272-ROOF. Give them a call, ask to see one of their experts, and do a free roof inspection. They'll have somebody there usually within 24 hours. And once they've done their inspection, they climb back down. If they've found any damage, they'll have some pictures to show you and tell you about your options. And if you need to file an insurance claim, you do that. Then Walton takes it from there. And then if you need some help with financing, they've got some terrific options for you right now. Call them today. Walton Roofing Company, 210-272-ROOF. They've been building Texas tough roofs since 1961. ABC Wednesday. It's country music. KTSA. 210 210-599-55. 210-599-55. I, you know, I, we were talking about AI before the top of the hour. We'll have lots of lots of chances to talk more about AI. I'm just sitting here watching Jimmy. He's got a, a taste of AI in there in that that system runs itself in there. And it's just it's playing the commercials and it's playing all the stuff that you hear on the station. And Jimmy just sitting there watching it do its thing. There is your AI that is replacing jobs everywhere you turn. We'll talk more about that a little bit later on. All right. Well, let's replace it now. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, AI. Just pull, let's go. Just pull the trigger now. <laughs> let's go. Rip, well, rip be, that Band-Aid off. Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> That's all I'm, I can say. I'm asking. I am straight up asking. And demanding. <laughs> He's demanding. All right. Um, now, look, uh, t- tomorrow's Election Day. 
And the biggest thing is we have 14 propositions, right? We have people on the ballot, too, so pay attention to that. But we have 14 propositions, and I've gone through them. And you and I have talked about them here, and we've gone through and, you know, I, I couldn't go through every single, all of all of them because it was just insanity. But uh, I just boiled it down to this. The vast majority of them are special interest things that were negotiated in order to be able to get number four. Number four is the homestead exemption going from 40000 up to 100000 per homestead and then capping the amount that they can go up uh, on your taxes by, by 20%. Um, but, you know, they're, they're giving all kinds of stuff to special interest groups in the 14 in order to get there, right? And I told you that I believe one and three and four are good. Uh, three is the one about a wealth tax, which becomes the AMT. The AMT, Alternative Minimum Tax, was the wealth tax in 1969. We will be right back into that situation if we approve number or, or if we uh, uh, disapprove number three and we allow a wealth tax to come to Texas. We're going to be right back into another tax, and I'm I'm a no on all taxes from here on out. We are overtaxed. This government in all its various forms, from municipal to state to federal. They take way too much money out of the private sector, and not only do we need to say no to all new taxes, but we need to start repealing taxes that we have now. Number four, I just described to you, and that's your your um, going up on your homestead exemption, so on. Number one has to do with private property rights. Colin Graff is the president of the Medina County Farm Bureau, and he joins me on the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. Colin, good morning to you. Good morning, Mr. Ware. It's honored to be on with you. It's great to have you on. Why should people vote for number one? Well, the right to do our generally accepted farm practices. Uh, you know, in times past, it's just been something that we always do, you know, to make sure that people have, you know, food, food to eat on their table and, and clothes to wear. And thank God for that because, I mean, if, if we didn't have clothes to wear – I don't know how much AI you would have to have to have, uh, you know, an unclothed Sean Rima in the studio with you. That would just be unbelievable to have that in there. But, uh, you know, the, the, the point is, is that there's been people that don't kind of understand what comes along with farming, like dust. For example, there was a farmer in Bear County that was harvesting corn and the police told them that he couldn't harvest the corn because there was too much dust and the dust was illegal. So since there's, there's no law that protects a farmer for the generally accepted farming practices like harvesting corn, he had no way to, to fight it. So that's what this amendment or this proposition in the constitution allows is that we are able to continue with our, our generally accepted farm practices well now you you gave an example there is there are there other examples of where they have tried to keep you from doing your farming practices sometimes yes maybe even more so uh not keeping us from doing it but destroying our crops and in one city municipality the city mowed down a 70 acre sudan grass crop which for those that don't know that stuff grows like seven feet high and produces a lot of forage for cattle and the city mowed it down when the farmer had permission to do it. And the only reason they did it was because the residents that lived around the Sudan grass field said it was too tall. And then the city sent them a $3,500 bill for a $30,000 plus dollar crop that they destroyed. So when you're talking about approving number one, what all will it do for you? 
all it does is it just says that we are allowed to continue with our generally accepted practices. And that's a typical legal term that's used in the penal code. It basically means we can continue doing business as we have always done. So we're still subject to the same uh, laws that regulate our, our chemical use like pesticides and herbicides. I've heard people say that that would go away. That's not true. We're still subject to that. All of the animal welfare laws and everything that individuals have to follow, all those are still in place. This is just recognizing, you know, our God-given right to be able to take care of the land as we see fit. So what you're saying is, is they, uh, with the regulations that come from the government, the regulations are now extending to telling you what you can and cannot do on your property, and that's changing the way you've always done business, and this will protect you from that. That is correct. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Yes, sir. I got just, you. Just a, a good good guideline. That's that's what we need. That's what we so, need. so it sounds to me like this is protecting private property rights. Oh, most definitely. Okay. And, and further defining what some of those rights are. Okay. That's what, that's the way I read it is that it was a, you know, let's protect private property rights, which is I'm what I'm all about because the federal government uh, under administration such as this starts sticking their nose where it doesn't belong and telling people, well, over there, there's a little bitty puddle, but now that's a waterway and we have to protect some little blind fart darter in that waterway from you eliminating <laughs> him. Right. And so I'm going to tell you yeah. what you can do on the rest of your 200 acre ranch because that little bitty puddle over there. We've, and that's not an extreme. That does happen yeah, yeah. in this country and happens in this state yeah. as well. So that's a that's, that's a good point. Exactly right. All right, Colin. Well, thank you very exactly much. Right. I, I appreciate you being on the show hey. this morning to help explain that to us so that we had a better handle on it. And now we do, I think. And uh, tomorrow is the election day. The polls open at 7 a.m. That's Colin Graff, Medina County uh, Farm Bureau uh, president. Colin, thank you very much. Uh, 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Uh, coming up after the break, I want to talk a little bit about the new House Speaker. Okay, because I know people were upset about that and they were freaked out and oh, 22 days without a speaker and so on. But we got a good one, and he was on television over the weekend. I want to explain what he, uh, you know, talked about this this weekend. A couple of things. One of them is personal uh, to him, and I'm going to explain that when we come back. I also want to talk about the pro-Palestinian, pro-murdering crowd that took to the streets of America over the weekend. That's coming up as well. Trey Ware, KTSa. Hi, Trey Ware here for AlamoWaterSay.com. Phones are on at 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. I want to talk about the new House Speaker. Mike Johnson is his name. When you look at him, there's nothing flashy about him, and that's by design. He's not a flashy guy. They have had, the Democrats have, they have a, a war room that is dedicated to try to bring this guy down, and at every turn that they try to investigate something and find something on him, nothing is there. They have hired innumerable private investigators to follow the guy around and take pictures, and you know what? He comes to work, and then he goes home. Comes to work, and then he goes home. Now, I know that people, and I I, I know people, <laughs> who let the whole speaker thing last month get to them. Oh, this is so embarrassing. This is so horrible for America. This is terrible for America. Amer you know, and I heard that over and over again from people and callers, too, who were like, oh, I can't believe we're going through this. And the Republicans, they just like look like horrible people. They don't know what they're doing and so on. 
when in reality, what we got out of that whole thing, for 22 days we didn't have a speaker, and anytime somebody would shout something like that, somebody said it to me at lunch the other day, and anytime that somebody would say that to me, I would say, how has the fact that we don't have a speaker, how has that affected your life? Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. Did you go to work today? I did. Did you go home today? Yes, I did. Did you see the family today? Yes, we had dinner. Did you go out to dinner? Yeah, we went out to dinner. Okay. What about that was different than when you had a speaker of the house? Well, nothing. Right. Exactly. Well, they just look stupid. Well, you know, sometimes in our political system, you get these fights, and sometimes they're family fights. Now, that being said, these family fights are okay until it's time to do what's right for the country and sometimes somebody has to back down that's how we got this country in the first place remember the con uh, the continental congress and the convention and they fought and fought and fought and fought it looked like they weren't going to get anything and then finally they did because a couple of the guys said yeah i'm going to put down my opposition to these things and move forward there are way too many times that the republicans do not do that <laughs> they're guilty of standing in the way for their own good but the Democrats, they vote in lockstep and they speak in lockstep and everything with the Democrat leadership. And I'm not for that. I am for independent-minded people who are going to express their views. And that's what happened here with the speaker thing. See, I think you got a good one. And he proved it right off the bat with the uh, resolution to support Israel, which had not been done because those weak-kneed, mealy-mouthed people up there didn't want to have anything to do with supporting Israel with a resolution. We stand firmly with Israel. And then he passed a $14.3 billion aid support package for Israel that he decoupled from Ukraine. Now, he was brilliant on this and that he said, we won't decouple the Ukraine and the border aid. That needs to be hand in hand because the two are inextricably linked. Now, what that does politically, of course, <laughs> is it puts the Democrats in a tough position. Because if they want their aid for Ukraine to keep on flowing, they're going to have to vote for aid for the border, which they don't want. <laughs> they don't want any more troops down at the border. They don't want to close the border. So Joe Biden, and checkmate, you know, Joe Biden, ah, we have to have more money for Ukraine, all the money in the world. We're going to continue to pour money into Ukraine forevermore. Well, Joe, if you want the money for Ukraine, you're going to have to say yes to sealing up the border and more more money for Border Patrol agents and so on. Well, he don't like that idea one little bit. So th that, that was a great move. And uh, Mike Johnson said over the weekend, it was really surprising to hear Senator Schumer say that the $14.3 billion for Israel is not a serious proposal. What they don't like is that in the House, we're trying to be good stewards of the, ta stewards of the taxpayers' resources. We offset that spending instead of printing new dollars and are borrowing it from another nation to send over to fulfill our obligations to help our ally. We want to pay for it. What a concept. We're trying to change how Washington works. And that, friends, was the entire point of changing out the speaker. And I said so at the time. Instead of over and over again voting for these bills and making up money out of thin air that you do not have, which is exactly what Kevin McCarthy was doing, and all of the others before him were doing the exact same thing. They were making it up. There is no money. It was all fake. And they were sending this money all around the world, and Mike Johnson says, we're not going to do that anymore. Now, 
on to the personal thing about him, and then we'll move on to some other topics, in particular the pro-Palestinian, pro-murderers uh, marchers that happened uh, in the week over the weekend. <clears throat> Rolling Stone is one of those magazines. They're far left, and they have been trying to come up with uh, something like the Daily Beast I told you about last week. Daily Beast did uh, a, an investigation into Mike Johnson and his finances. And what they found was he basically lives paycheck to paycheck. And the Daily Beast and Politico far-left magazines were like, wait a minute, why isn't this guy rich? He's in Congress. Isn't that what happens when people get in? So he must be corrupt because he's not rich. (laughs) Now think about that. The Democrats, they're so used to people like Nancy Pelosi making money off of their votes, like her and her corrupt husband and their stock trades based on the votes that she would schedule and that she would have in the House. They would invest in stocks, right? And like Rolling Stone and, and, and the Daily Beast and Politico, they're, they're freaked out that Mike Johnson's not playing that game, that he's living paycheck to paycheck. Well, welcome to America. But over the weekend, Rolling Stone wrote a piece saying that he doesn't watch porn. What? Is he the only man in America that doesn't watch porn? And it goes beyond the fact that he doesn't watch porn. He has installed accountability software uh, software on his devices. It scans all the activity on your phone, on your device, your laptop, what have you everything, and it sends a report to your accountability partner. Mike Johnson said, my accountability partner right now is my son, Jack. He's 17. He and I get a report about all the things that are on our phones, all of our devices, once a week. And if anything objectionable comes up, your accountability partner gets an immediate notice. And I'm proud to tell you, my son has got a clean slate. And Rolling Stone magazine is like, he doesn't watch porn. So he's not corrupt, he's not selling his vote, and he doesn't watch porn. The left is so disappointed in Mike Johnson for for his stance on all these issues. What? He's a man of good character, and he's taking care of us? What? What is this all about? He's supposed to be corrupt. He's supposed to be in it for himself. You know, all those kind of things. Over the weekend... We had a number of, uh, of protests around the world, and particularly here in, in America, that were for the Palestinians, for the murderous bunch known as Hamas, saying, again, awful things, vile things about the destruction of Israel, kill the Jews, so on and so forth. Blank Joe Biden, blank Israel, Palestinian flags, tens of thousands of people uh, walking around Washington, D.C. with paint, going up to statues in D.C. that have been there for a couple of hundred years, defacing those statues with paint, defacing the gates and the walls around the White House, climbing the fences at the White House, uh, waving their Palestinian flags. Um, If you follow news at all, you've seen this in other countries, but it's here now because Joe Biden threw the doors open and invited them to come here. I'm going to talk more about that coming up in the next half hour, and Carl Eggers will join me as well. 
Well, we are just a few days away from Veterans Day. That is this coming Saturday, and it's going to be one of the best and biggest Veterans Day parades in all of America in downtown San Antonio at Milam Park, and I'd love for you to come down and be there. It's 11 a.m. at Milam Park. It's the 2023 San Antonio Veterans Day Parade presented by our U.S. Military Veterans Parade Association. This is the day, of course, on Saturday to honor to show gratitude, uh, celebration for those who have served so well for us, our veterans. It, it, it's a way to make a difference and show support for our veterans. And this is a way you can do this by showing up this Saturday at 11 a.m. in Milam Park for the Veterans Day Parade 2023 style. And to get more details and to make a donation, because that's another way that you can show your support, just go to usmvpa.com. That's USM vpa.com that's uh, you know short for the u.s military veterans parade association you can make a donation find out more but of course be there at 11 a.m this coming saturday at milam park we'll see you there folks it's a huge misconception connected baby 637 huh? yeah 210-599-5555 getting to the pro-palestinian marches here in a couple of seconds uh, but before i do you 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 know i've learned over my entire life that Which most, is how long now? A, a, a while. Yeah. It's, it's been a while. Right. And you have to manage expectations. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. That uh, most of life's disappointments and uh, and victories and challenges can be uh, avoided, especially the challenges part, when you manage expectations of those around you. Am I right or wrong? No, you're right. Yeah. yeah. And I learned that through many, many years in sales. You know, you got to manage expectations. You uh, under-promise, over-deliver. You manage expectations. So 49ers uh, running back Christian McCaffrey is going to marry this actress Olivia Culpo. Right. So she's having her bachelorette party the other night. And a waiter comes over the table. This is all on TikTok, by the way, which is the most evil, vile thing on planet Earth needs to be getting done away with. But that's, that's a different discussion. Waiter comes over and hands her at her bachelorette party a remote control. Uh, excuse me, ma'am. This is from Christian so that you can enjoy your party. She punches the button on the remote control, and this gigantic, outside the building, gigantic, professionally arranged, professionally done fireworks show goes off to light the night Dang. for her bachelorette party. Kind of like, I don't know if people are familiar with the Disney fireworks show. Well, the fireworks show downtown San Antonio on right. New Year's Eve that everybody yeah. sees. It was like that. With big bombs, it wasn't like little, you know, black cat and bottle rockets from down at the Mister W. Sure, this was a big. He went all de- out. No, he did. I mean, yeah. you know, obviously tens of thousands of dollars to put one of those things on, and she had the control in her hand, and she would push the button, and more fireworks would go off. So, Christian, you really are kind of setting the standard really high before. Yeah, you way to go, pal. Yeah, yeah, you. First of all, you're making the rest of us look really bad. That's the first thing. And the second thing is, her expectations are going to be enormous now, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and the and the third thing, and this is the most blazingly obvious, dude makes way too much money. Obviously. You know? <laughs> he's swimming in cash. Well, you know, and he deserves it because he sure. does a great job on that football yeah, he's team. he's a fantastic football player. Wow, unbelievable. But, dude, you really are kind of, number one, ruining it for the rest of us because now yeah. it's kind of like, well, what are you going to do for me? Do you see what Christian did? Yeah. <laughs> I, I Where's am, my fireworks display? I, let me tell you what. I am so blessed. Nancy is so not like that at yeah. all. She doesn't care about any of that kind of stuff. And that's wonderful because if she did, I would be a mess trying to yeah. keep up with that. Well, you know, like you said, she manages her expectations. That's right. Well. 
She says, Good for her. I'm married to Trey. I have none. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, have there's no fireworks, expect- all right. <laughs> yeah, right. Usually it's a you know major league hissy fit. <laughs> <laughs> Me when he, when he can't get the Aggies game on TV. There's <laughs> your fireworks right there. <laughs> That's right. That yeah. is a White House fence was vandalized on Saturday with red paint. Pro-Palestinian, pro-murderer protests shook the gate. And screamed, uh, blank Joe Biden, according to the New York Post. Protesters seen attempting to climb up the White House wrought iron gates. And I'm not talking about one or two. I'm talking about tens of thousands of protesters in Washington, D.C. over the weekend. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Blah, 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 blah. Long live the Intifada, were the signs and the screaming that they were doing including rapper Mac Lamore, he was the one from Thrift Shop, right, could be seen screaming, kill, you know, get rid of, the, let, 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 let the Palestinians take over. Free the Palestinians, yes. Well, you would think that Mac Lamore, since he hasn't had another hit record in 10 years, would have plenty of time to watch the news. Yeah. And if he does, he would know and, and realize this, what we all know, when the weekend rolls around, Joe Biden's not home. Well, that's true. He's not, <laughs> He's there. not there. He left Friday morning <laughs> yeah. and flew back to Rehoboth Beach. Yeah. Complete waste of time. They t- well, yeah. plus you he's gotta, not the president. You got a protest so, on a weekday. Come on, right? Exactly. Well, and Macklemore, all he's trying to do is make himself relevant. Because who is he? <laughs> we remember yeah. thrift shop. I kind of forgot for a minute. But there. that's yeah. it. You know, you haven't done anything in a long time, so I better figure something I can glom onto yep. in order to make myself relevant. And there you go. You got the number one show in Texas talking about him. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, in our backyard, death to Israel, glory to the martyrs, free Gaza, blank Israel, more of the shouting that was going on. Uh, just so you'll know, and I, I don't, uh, as always, I don't anticipate I'm going to get through to these people, but here's the thing. Uh, Gaza and and, uh, and the Palestinians and Hamas are guilty of all kinds of war crimes that they continue to commit. They have command centers underneath hospitals and schools where they crawl out of these manholes next to a hospital, and their command center is underneath there, right? And they crawl out and they shoot uh, guys from the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, and they go back in their little rat holes underneath hospitals and schools so that if you're going to try to kill those guys, you have to go through the school, you have to go through the hospital. But their new thing, check this out. Here's the new thing that Hamas is doing. Um, You get a bunch of casualties and you call for an ambulance and an ambulance shows up and the back door of the ambulance opens up and about 20 Hamas fighters, terrorists, murderers, come out of the ambulance they're using ambulances to transport their terrorists wherever they wherever they're needed so they're given passage right because and they're you know got to get the ambulance to the to the people that are hurt and they throw the back door open and bam 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 they get out and they shoot everybody because those are now troop transports and i don't mean the word troop in that sense i mean for them it is a terrorist transport so they can get their terrorists to various places that is also is a, is a war crime. That is a violation of all Geneva and all war. But see, here's the thing. They don't live by war standards. They don't live by Geneva Convention. These are just out-and-out murderers. I'm not going to get into, again, what they have been doing, but you know. And, of course, the acting president, Barack Hussein Obama, whitewashed October 7th and the Hamas terrorism over the weekend. Nobody's hands are clean, he said. All of us are complicit to some degree. You know what, Barack? You can go to hell. 
I and my family and the people I'm looking at right now, the people who are listening to me right now, had nothing to do with the terrorists attacking Israelis. Now, he's, he's very clear and has been in all of his public life how much he hates Israel and wants the destruction of Israel because he's a radical Muslim. But I knew, I knew, I knew it. In fact, I said it. He will not be able to stay out of the public eye on this. That you will. When this first happened, I said, you will hear publicly from Barack. So far, he's been running the show through all the people in the Biden administration that are around Joe. The show is being run by Barack quietly. From his house down the street, him and Valerie Jarrett and Michelle, all those people go down there, they get their marching orders, and they carry the stuff out. But I said when this happened that he would not be able to keep his mouth shut and stay out of this. You would hear from him, and here he is. He's blaming you and me for the terrorist attack when Hamas went in and killed a bunch of Israelis. Uh, I have the clip if you want to hear it. Please. I would love to. If you want to solve the problem, then you have to take in the whole truth. And you then have to admit nobody's hands are clean, <laughs> that all of us are complicit <laughs> to some degree. <laughs> Thank you, Don. Thank you very much. Really? Really. Um, okay, so he thinks that we're all complicit and we all cause this, and he's a liar. He always has been a liar, and he always will be a liar. He's anti-Jewish, anti-Semitic. He's a radical Muslim. He doesn't like Jewish people, so this is their moment in the sun. Remember, when he was the out-front president, right, he caused all that in the Middle East that set the Middle East on fire with ISIS and everything. His policies caused all that for the destruction of Israel. And he's trying to do it again, and they're, they're on a very short time frame because Donald Trump is leading in the polls everywhere that you look. But he's totally good. If Israel were to go away as a radical Muslim, that's what you want. And that, my friends, is Barack Obama. He could not stay out of this. He had to come forward to say something because he can't depend on Joe to carry his water on this. So everybody's guilty. We're all the problem. And you gotta t- you got to face the whole truth on this, and that's right. So the whole truth on this is this. If Israel lays down their weapons tomorrow, they will be totally destroyed by the radicals. If the radicals meaning Hamas, Hezbollah, if they lay down their weapons, they will live in peace in the Middle East. I guarantee you that's how that will go. But that is not what they're interested in. Barack Obama and his people are out for the destruction of Israel and the elimination of the Jewish people. And I know, look, I know it's a tough medicine for those of you who are Jewish, and you've heard me appeal to you, you voted for Barack Obama. You have voted for Joe Biden. You have voted for these left-wingers and the Democrats for many, many, many years. By vast margins, the Jewish people vote for left-wing causes and for Democrats by vast numbers. It's huge. But they don't care about you. They want you gone. And their true colors are coming out. They want you destroyed. They want your family destroyed. And when you voted for Barack Obama, he started immediately to work on a plan to destroy you, your children, and your grandchildren, and your people. We're talking about ethnic cleansing here. And that's what they're about, 
It's the people on the left. It's the Democrats and their supporters who have been about this now for years. You have given them your trust, your confidence, and your vote. And look what they're doing to you. And I hope you remember this. I hope when the time comes and you get a chance to vote once again, if we get a chance to vote once again in this country, you'll remember this moment when these people on the left have been about destroying you and your family. Please, Jewish people who are hearing me right now, Please reconsider your vote for these people because they want you gone. All right, quick break, and Carl Eggers will join me next. I want to talk about the largest and the best selection of flooring in South Texas is right here in San Antonio at Hicks Carpet One. That's on Broadway right outside of Loop 410. At Hicks Carpet One, you're going to find an incredible selection of floor covering. You're going to find it all, too, from beautiful hardwood with all the various styles and colors available to you. Whatever it is you're looking for, they got it for you right there at Hicks Carpet One. Carpet, of course. Uh, laminate, tile, luxury, vinyl plank, it's all right there, all right now, and all ready for you at Hicks Carpet One. This luxury vinyl plank is gorgeous. It's got the look and the feel of hardwood, but it's scratch-resistant, waterproof, easy to maintain. It's pet-friendly. And if you got folks coming for the holidays, it's just a simple thing to clean it up and get ready for your holidays. The Hicks family, they're the flooring experts. They've been here since 1935. That's five generations serving you and your family with the beautiful guarantee. If you don't like your Carpet One flooring for any reason, then Hicks Carpet One is going to replace it for you absolutely free. Find out more today by visiting their website or going to the showroom. The showroom is over on Broadway just outside of Loop 410, and they're online at hickscarpetone.com. Fall weather is on the way. Be safe. The 550 KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware appear courtesy of the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. It's going to be here, I think, next weekend, isn't it? Not this coming weekend, but week after yeah mm. that's gonna be a great show pitbull and ricky iglesias and ricky martin all on the same bull all right 654 trey Ware, ktsa carl eggers creating joins me on monday at this time and uh carl my, my question is could candy could candy be telling us about the future of our economy? I'm, I'm looking at the, you know, the, the futures of the Dow. And they're, they're up, NASDAQ's up, S&P, everything is up. But I went shopping yesterday to get a head start on the Thanksgiving stuff, the canned <laughs> stuff, obviously. So, And while we were there, we noticed at Walmart that uh, all the candy, and I'm talking about bags and bags, of, not one or two. I'm talking about all of it. Bags and bags and bags of it is all at least 50% off, some of it more than that, and they can't get rid of it, you know, because candy prices went up so much. They were up 15% and more on candy prices for Halloween that they've got, you know, these retailers got all this candy now that they're stuck with. I know that seems like a really small thing, but isn't that like kitchen table kind of economy stuff? Yeah, I mean, we're we're definitely seeing the tea leaves. I mean, I was seeing something the other day, Trey, about, the auction, the car auctions, you know, those remember when the used car prices and the new car prices were like backwards where you could, you know, trade in a used car and, and, and sometimes get a new car and there wasn't a big difference. That was only, you know, what, 18 months ago. Now we're starting to see those prices start to really come down at, at car auctions and there's, you know, it's, it's literally plummeting. So you're starting to see these tea leaves and this is what's interesting. You know, we saw a massive stock market rally last week and and i told you a few weeks ago i thought the fourth quarter might be okay just for seasonality purposes because the market had already been down it tends to rally in the fourth quarter 
And, and the Fed came out last week and said, we're not raising rates. Not a shock there. But what they said was they pretty much clued in that they, they're probably done this cycle as well. So the stock market celebrated that. And, and, and that is a good thing when they stop raising rates. However, you have to consider why they're stopping raising rates. They're looking into the future as far as they can, and they see some of the same things you and I are talking about. Some things we can see happening today, some things are starting to slow down. There is what's called a lag effect. All those interest rate hikes they did are still trickling their way through the economy. And so, yes, you are seeing these prices start to come down on some things, and some of these retailers, you know, the brick and mortar especially – are going to start discounting stuff, especially after Christmas, big time. So the fact that the stock market celebrated really a slowdown is maybe okay right now, but then reality, I think, may set in because we run the risk of a recession. So it's kind of be careful what you wish for. Wish for The stock market loves low interest rates, but it's because they may be done because the economy is slowing. They can't raise interest rates anymore. And so, yes, we may celebrate right now. But I think things are going to still be touchy, especially in the first quarter of next year. So you're you're right. I think what you're seeing yeah. is going to spread a little more. Well, and I'm also seeing that, uh, and there were some news uh, stories out this morning about how uh, retailers now are starting their Christmas discounts already. The kinds of discounts you would see on Black Friday, on Cyber Monday, and or post-Christmas, they're already starting to discount their, their stock now. So that would portend that they've, they've got a lot of concerns about the Christmas season in and of itself. Warren Rima coming up next, KTSA. There are lots